Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of September 7th. It's officially World 100 Week. Let's go. The biggest race, the granddaddy of them all at Eldora Speedway, live on Flow Racing every single lap. I'm your host, D-Swab Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff of Kevin Kovac and Robert Holman. And hopefully we can get Kyle McFadden on here. He's having some uh, troubles trying to connect. He's traveling to the Big E as well. So let's see if we can get him on later. Cool show here today. Not much racing this last week in Kovac. We had a lot of rainouts, especially on the National Series. We still had some special events. But the big news came out on Friday. My boy, B-Shep, Brandon Shepard, leaving the house car at the end of the season. He's going to drive his own team. And Hudson O'Neill headed to Shinston, West Virginia, and driving the Blue Rocket 1 team. Your initial reaction when, you broke, when the news broke out, Kovac, was what? Oh, yeah, it was uh, kind of a shocker, you know. I mean, it, it's nothing should be a shocker, I guess, in, in, in this sport. Or, in, you know, uh, you never know what could happen. You could always, uh, there's always something like, well, that guy has got the best ride and the best deal and everything. And next thing you know, oh, my God, something's different. Something's going on you that you didn't expect. So uh, you, you can't act like you're shocked with everything. But this one was up there on the on the list, I guess. Uh Nobody was ex- really expecting to hear this come out on Labor Day weekend. Uh, I mean, there's there's five years now, five plus years. are going to be six years that Brandon's been in that Rocket House car full time. I mean, he had those two years uh, earlier. He did like partial seasons with uh, when no, when Josh couldn't drive, uh, wasn't around to run uh, back in 2012 and 2014. But this one here, man, it's. They, Mark Richards actually sent me over a, a you know, a, an itemized list here of his, uh, uh, the winnings that, the earnings that Brandon Shepard had in the car, in the uh, Rocket House car over the past few years, over this past five years, and, and including this year. And it's just under 3.5 million. He could go over 3.5 million uh, during the, the week here at uh, Eldora if he gets, uh, you know, if he wins. Uh, you know, wins the dream for sure. He's just under $3,440,866. That's how much he's made for the Rocket Chassis House Car team since he began running for them in 2014. And, you know, it was a high back of 2019, you remember, $841,851. And his lowest season uh, is right now, but it'll probably be, you know, it's 444000 he's made this year. But that'll he'll be topping uh, his his uh, previous low season of 476,000 last year. So lots of money, lots of wins, lots of championships. Uh, I mean, that's one heck of a, a team that they've been. I mean, uh, uh, everybody kind of feels like that's the, the top team in, in dirt late model racing. And, and uh, Brandon Shepard has come along. He's become a superstar with that team. I mean, he was already good. You know, he had shown that he could, you know, win races, but uh, before he got into the house car, but bringing with Mark Richards, that just took him to another level. And, and it's reached him to the point where now I think he can do what he's doing. You know, like he's gotten so good where he can, he has a good family team back there. He wants to go back and, and be with the family and be close to his kids and his wife and, and his grandfather, grandfather, grand, uh, and his father, all the other kids, all the other people in the family. They got a good team, but now we can even get more help for that team to be able to run nationally because he's so good. And I, I think that's uh, uh, he said it. This it's the the best time to do it, I guess, because uh, you know where his stature is as a 29 year old. 
you know, he's planning on running a national series next year with his family-owned team, the press release said. It was probably a very tough decision for him, like you said, Kovac. He is, you know, driving one of the best teams in the country. But I talked to Sheppy, you know, late last week, and he was saying, Suave, I'm nearly driving almost two months out of the year just driving back and forth from Shinson to Illinois. Hey, that's really great that, uh, you know, Mark allows him to go back and forth. He's also, also just had his third kid. So he wanted to be closer to home. So I don't blame him. But Robert, when this news broke out, how how shocked were you? That's the first first question I'm going to ask you. When I when I heard that he was leaving, um, uh, honestly, I I wasn't that surprised um, because I'd spoken with him when he won. I guess I think it was at Lincoln when he won the 79th uh, race and broke the tie with Josh and became the all-time winningest World of Outlaws driver. He was in his house, uh, in his family's car at that at that point. And I just got a vibe from Brandon that it was going to happen. I guess the most surprising thing to me was the time of the announcement. Uh, I, I didn't really expect it until the end of this year. Uh, but I did expect it to happen if not this year then next year uh, so i kind of what i just got that vibe that feel from him i talked to his grandfather i talked to a couple guys that help him that have helped him through his entire career and uh it was really a great conversation just to sit in the trailer and just sit there and kind of take it all in and see everybody that was there that night to to help him and support him after he you know it, I, i've i actually got out my phone and as I'm walking away to go do other interviews from uh from the front straightaway there after the race and videoed the victory lane it was just it's just amazing the support that this guy has back home uh not only from fans but from people who are are now probably like you guys said and like Kevin said are willing to to step up financially and help him and make this make this goal reality for him and his family and and if you don't i've kind of gotten to know brandon a little bit better over the years it's not like we sit around and carry on conversations but when we do talk you know i i kind of feel like i'm getting you know an honest answers and i feel like he's he's straightforward and what the vibe that i've got from him he's he's such a hard worker and he he wants to reward it seems like he wants to reward his family his grandfather and his father for everything that they've done for him and i know that it kind of became cliche over the years that he always in his victory lanes always wanted to thank them in victory lane but i think this is the ultimate thanks i think that i think coming back home and and being able to get his dad and grandpa out on the on a national tour for a couple of years with them I think it's the ultimate thanks. Thank you for from Brandon to his family. So honestly, I, I was not all that surprised. Just more a little bit surprised about the when it happened, the timing of it, uh, and for no apparent reason, but just uh, but that's really it. Yeah, no, we wish nothing for the best for little Sheppy as he goes back to Illinois. Uh, great run, all good things must come to an end. But Kovac, this is a big time leap, big time career move for. Hudson O'Neill, he's still so dang young. Let's talk about that a little bit. How do you get in the right 
might have a lifetime. I know that Roger Sellers, that was a great, you know, the last couple of years, but this is the Rocket One team, and Hudson, you know, I think he's that next, uh, one of those household names that, like Sheppy did, where he started, made some noise, and became a superstar. I think Hudson's next in line with that. Yeah, Hudson, if you would have made a list, uh, I mean, we didn't get a chance really to make a list because Mark R., Mark Richards already had a, uh, you know, uh, his, his as soon as this was announced that Brandon's leaving, he already had it in place here for Hudson to step in. So we didn't get that speculation because you, you, ima- you imagine, though, if like it would have been like an open call here, I guess, you know, if you would have like prolonged like when he was going to decide who's going to drive the car. How many people would have been calling Mark Richards? He'd have been his phone would have been burning up, you know, uh, you know, just I mean, I had street stock guys probably calling and throwing their names in the hat, I guess, you know. Uh, but Hudson was uh, one of his first call, and you know, I think it was his first call. Uh, Mark said to to check and see what he'd be doing. Then he would talk to and you know, and he had told Hudson, "Hey, check with Roger Sellers and see what you're doing." And and then Mark talked with Roger also and. Uh, got his blessing to be able to do it. So it wouldn't be that he was like stealing Mark Hudson or anything, you know, um, uh, Roger took the, let him, uh, you know, he, he put his blessing there and said, Hey, this is a ride you got to go take, you know, this is the, the ride that it's the most established ride in, in dirt late model racing. And uh, you can work with Mark Richards full time. I mean, Hudson will likely be able to go work from the shop. I mean, he's, not tied down any one spot, you know, like he, that for, to, to live. So I'm sure that, uh, that'd be a guy that's uh, as a 22 year old. Now he just turned 22 on Monday. Uh, he'll be a guy that could go and, and be at that shop a lot more. And, and I, I think working with Mark Richards is just going to take him to another level. I mean, this is a kid that's already last year. He won several multiple 100 lap crown jewel events. Uh, so he's proven he can get the job done now in, in long distance. And uh, I mean, I think he's, uh, I think we had that stat in the fast talk this week. I mean, isn't he the second biggest winner in a Luke soul series in the last couple of years, uh, a number of wins. So, I mean, he, he's coming along and that's, those kind of stats are why Mark Richards saw them. I mean, obviously he's a rocket guy. He's been in the rocket, you know, Roger sells the rocket customer. So they've been running rocket cars, uh, but Mark, he looks at the experience. I mean, there's a lot of young guys out there. There's a lot of young drivers out there that have talent that are good, uh, that could be developed into something, but they don't have the kind of experience that Hudson O'Neill has running all over the country for the last five, six years. I mean, since what, 20, late 2017, 2017, I believe he's been pretty much full time. Uh, running a, a national schedule. So he hasn't just been in one pocket of the country. He hasn't just been in the Southeast. Hasn't just been to the Mid-Atlantic. Hasn't just been in the Midwest. He's been at all those kind of tracks, every kind of racetrack you could see already. Mark Richards really values that. You got to remember, to get experience costs a lot of money. I mean, Mark has mentioned that before. It takes money to to make a guy learn. And he skips ahead of that. I mean, even like Brandon Shepard, he was ahead of the game already because he had a lot of vast experience by the time he got in this house car in 2017 full time. And, and Mark understands that. And, uh, and the thing that with Hudson, too, is he, you know, this is going to be the, the biggest crew chief guy that he's had to really lead him, you know, with Mark Richards in, in that full time team. You know, he. There's, he hasn't worked with a guy that's as experienced as Mark Richards. 
and just imagine what that's going to do. Look what he's helped helped uh, you know pull Brandon Shepard up to like the the level he has, and it's I, I think we're going to see that kind of advance with uh, with Hudson O'Neill now. Yeah, that's uh, pretty badass. That Hudson O'Neill got the call from the Hall of Famer and Mark Richards in the Rocky Chassis One car. Uh, Robert, just what do you think? Hudson can be able to shine right away. Obviously, these last two years he's got a few crown jewel wins. This last two months, he's been, you know, probably one of the fastest cars in America. Find JD, he's looking pretty damn good and sporty. I think it's going to be a good fit right away. Well, he's he's clearly talented. You know, we that's obvious. And I don't think that Mark Richards has made very many bad decisions in the last thirty years. Um, if if he has we certainly haven't documented those bad decisions like we've documented his good decisions so i really i really feel like that you know who are we to second guess mark richards um i think that the biggest thing is how hudson reacts to the pressure i think that i kind of i've always felt like hudson o'neill internalizes pressure a lot Uh, he puts a lot of pressure on himself more so than probably anybody else does this you know just the kind of the feel i get from from chatting with him when he's running bad and when he's running good and when you know things are going back and forth i just feel like hudson puts a lot of pressure on himself the pressure is coming now whether it's from outside sources or whether it's from within because he's replacing a guy who is arguably the most successful and accomplished racer over the last five years, if not the, then probably top three, you know, the pressure is going to be there. And I think it's a matter of how Hudson deals with that. And if he can kind of tune that out and maybe just focus on, on absorbing the information from, from being there. And I will tell you, there's a big difference from in getting notes from rocket, buying cars from rocket, then there's a big difference from doing that as opposed to being in the rocket shop and being at and in West Virginia all the time and being there constantly. The learning curve is is going to uh increase. He's gonna go up so much faster, like like Kevin said, it's gonna go faster than he has in the last couple of years. And uh I think it's just a to me it's just a matter of how he deals with the pressure of trying to replace Brandon Shepard, you know, in that car. If he can just go out and race and just tune that out, I think he'll be just fine. Yeah, he's got a lot of years left in him, and it seems like he's already a savvy veteran because he's been racing since he was 16. Now he's, you know, I think, 22, either today or tomorrow. So the young guy out of Indiana is going to try to make some noise in that car. We'll have to wait and see. And Kovac, one more thing. Is this going to be awkward for Sheppy with that team the rest of the year, or how's that vibe going to be? Because I, I don't know. Usually, when they maybe fire a coach or you know a player is going to leave next season, it can be awkward in the real sports world. So you think this is going to be uh they're going to be okay and try to still win some races, or how do you think that's going to play out? Yeah, I think they'll be all right. I, I think really, uh, I mean, Brandon mentioned that he did this. He said it now. He wanted to make the decision now in September. Uh, so like every option would be open for Mark Richards, you know, he didn't want to wait until right after the world finals in November and say, I'm, I'm quitting. I mean, by that point, guys, a lot of, you know, maybe, maybe that whole, 
maybe Hudson O'Neill would be totally locked in with Roger Sellers or somebody else or something, you know, you never know uh, uh, for, for next year. So at this point, basically you got everybody in, in you know, available where he, you could talk to him. Mark, Mark obviously didn't have to go very far to, he didn't have to go into the, into his uh, phone, I guess, very far to make very many calls uh, about a, a new driver. So that was a lot easier uh, because they, he was a, you know, Hudson was a, a, a potential driver that wasn't totally locked in. If, if this if became available, you know, you didn't want to, uh, you know, Shepard had said he, that's kind of what he wanted to do. So I, I think, you know, he's thinking of the team that way. And I mean, he's so close with those guys on that team and, and it, it maybe, it, maybe it'll be a, you know, an uplifting thing for him. You know, maybe it'll be like, you know, uh, Hey, let, let's just go and let it all hang out now, you know, and, uh, and finish off a good note. There won't be any, we, we all know what we're doing next year. There's nothing hanging over them that way. We're like, you know, questions about like, well, maybe he doesn't want to be back here or something, you know, like, cause I mean, if, if Sheppy did this, I mean, I'm sure that obviously the team and Mark Richards had had discussions with him before about like, you know, maybe going back home. They knew that he would like to, um, to race for his parent, you know, his uh, father and grandfather again. So I don't think it's going to affect him. I think it might even, you know, I, 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 if I was going to lean some way, I think it might help him because it's going to, you know, fire him up a little bit more to, to finish on a strong note. All right. And Joel, all the crew, Mark, Brandon, positive vibes only. If you're listening, you got oh, one one note on Joel here, Derek. How about one note on Joel? Uh, Mark mentioned What's this. The note? He will he will not be the youngest guy in the Joel will not be the youngest guy in the hauler now. He's moving up in the world. Yes, he's, he's not going to be the the junior junior aged guy there. He's going you know Hudson's going to be younger now in the hauler. Yeah, so then maybe you can uh. Boss Huddy around instead of him doing all the dirty work. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All kidding aside, I'm sure that team will, you know, try to get some success to finish off 2022. Moving on. All right, guys, World 100 week. The preview for this week, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do like a snake draft style. I'll explain the rules in a second. Um, but first, we got the Dirt Late Model Dream on Wednesday. Got to finish the final 86 laps. Chris Madden and Brandon Overton will lead the front row for that. Um, looking forward to that live on Flow Racing. We'll have plenty of content, plenty of stories on Dirt on Dirt as well, so be sure to check it out. All right, so the snake draft. I gave you the guys' rules earlier in the week. We're going to do five rounds. I did a random order. Kovac, you got the first pick. I got the second. And, Robert, you got the third pick. And then if you know Kyle McFadden can hop in when he finds service, he'll be the fourth pick. We got five categories for five rounds. And we got driver, a race a concession item from Eldora Speedway, a moment, which it can be a moment inside a race, so they both can get drafted. Miscellaneous is the final. So anything that's not in those four categories, you can pick miscellaneous. We're going to do a snake draft, so Kovac, you get the first pick overall in the first round. Then, Robert, you get back-to-back picks. You get the third overall pick and then the fourth overall pick. And the best thing about this is you don't have to, you know, we don't have to follow. You can go with any category in each round, so you don't have to, you don't have to follow suit. If I pick a driver first, you can pick a category instead. So you guys have any questions? No, we're good. That's right. right so Let's then I want it. you get, okay, Kovac, you're the first pick. And just discuss a little bit. You've done this on the video cast with us before, but this is all Eldora. Mm-hmm. Just discuss a little bit why you picked that, and then we could you know, maybe do a 30-second you know, rebuttal of why maybe that isn't a good of a pick or do we agree with it. So you're on wow. the clock. Here we go. Well, I'm going to just go, I'm going race first. I'm going right off the bat, the race. 
Uh, I mean, and and it's the 2006 World 100. That's the I mean, I'm oh. going by what ones that I saw too. I mean, I'm like there's been uh, other ones that have been maybe even more exciting or something or more moments, but uh, I'm just talking about things that I've actually seen in that 2006 World 100. That was the first one I I uh, I went to. I was actually there as a I haven't missed a race since then. I went to the 2004 World 100 as an area auto race news reporter and then missed the next one. And then 2006, I was there as I was a World of Outlaws PR person. And I can remember standing on, actually, I think, oh, I remember standing on in between, like outside, between one and two on McCready's trailer, actually. I I watched the race from atop that. And the, that last, I mean, obviously there was Jeep Van Wormer scraping the wall and the sparks flying. And, but then the end of that race, just with like everything that was going on before Earl Pearson won, I mean, it was a four five, six guys were involved. I mean, it was, it was just nuts. Uh, the, the action that was going on at the end there, Josh Richards could have won that probably. I mean, his father even says like, if you had more experience, it wasn't just his second world 100. He probably would have won that because he found the inside lane and started coming up and passed everybody to go into the lead, but not officially. Right when he got past Earl Pearson to get the lead, uh, Earl Pearson, you know, was the savvy veteran and was able to, you know, see where he was better and go to that spot and, and hold on to take the win. But, man, what a what a rave. Shannon Babb was involved in that battle, too. Uh, uh, I just think that was the, the best overall battle race that I've ever seen at Eldora. Unbelievable, Kovac. That is a great 1-1 pick for the draft, the 2006 World 100. Phenomenal, arguably the best dirt track race of all time. Early model racing, Michael Rigsby, he's riding with me as we're headed to the Big E. He always says that was uh, one of the best races he's ever seen. And then EPJ with the win. Robert, any uh, thoughts on that? It's a pretty good, noteworthy 1-1 pick, isn't it? That's a solid pick. I'll give him credit for that. I'm I'm (laughs) surprised that he went with the – Went with the race first, but I'm sure that he wanted to get that one off the board for sure. Yeah, because I was doing my, like, you know, my draft board, and I thought races might be a little thin, so that could have been a good pick and maybe help Kovac win this draft. All right, my first overall pick. This will be tough. All right, I'm going to go with the moment. I'm going 2002 World 100, the Berkey pass. I mean, I can't swear to it. I think Burkhoffer pull off the upset. One of the greatest passes in our sport. A uh, polarizing figure like Scott Bloomquist leading an up-and-comer, kind of making some noise, he wants to establish himself. Berkey with the big-time pass. Todd Turner's even said it's the loudest he's ever seen a dirt track. So I'm going to go with the 2002 slider as my moment. So off the board there, Kovac, I mean, that's that's a, that's a first-round pick for sure, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, a last-lap pass, and it's, uh, and it's Berkey that did it. Over Bloomquist, I mean, that just makes it uh, pretty. Yeah, that that just doubles the excitement level of Eldora when when those two drivers would be involved. Robert, you think of that one? I saw your face turn and smile a little bit. I think maybe that that was up on your draft board as well. Uh, it's tough to get moments and kind of defend them, but that's definitely that's definitely one of the best moments at, at Eldora for sure. So, uh, is it as good as my moment? Probably not, but. It's okay. <laughs> All right, Robert. Uh, you got back-to-back picks here. What is your first uh, first round pick? 
Uh, my first round pick, I've got to, if I'm going to try to win this draft, I've got to get the, the Eldora's best off the board before anybody else does. And so I've got to go driver and I've got to go Mr. Six Time, Billy Moyer. I, I think this is oh. undisputed. The king of the king of, uh, of Eldora's world 100. So I'm definitely going to go uh, Billy Moyer as the driver. He's untouchable. Guys, he's got six six World 100 wins. You know, all these other guys are just chasing that right now. So I'm going to get the guy that they're chasing, Billy Moyer. Oh, great pick, Mr. Six-Time, Billy Moyer, the first driver off the board. Kovac, though, maybe a little early for Moyer. I think a, a couple other people would name some other guys there. But overall, a solid pick. And I feel like in this draft, there's only going to be four guys taken. If you want, I can't name them out loud, but. I mean, Mr. Six-Time, he is the Globe King right now, so good pick by him. Oh, yeah. I mean, how could you go wrong with Billy Moyer? I mean, and he's probably going to be racing there until he's 80, right? I mean, he always says this is the last one, but you know he's not that. He's going to be back at Eldora, right? You know? He's ne- it's never going to be the last time for for him. He could be Mr. Seven-Time one day. You never know. That's right. That'd be a story. All right. So your driver's taking off the board there, Robert. Kick us off on the second round. What do you got? What are you thinking? Uh, second round, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the moment, and uh, I'm gonna go with no green light. Mm-hmm. I that mean, world, that, is that is a pretty good moment. It's an Eldora theme, so you can go with that one. Can I use that one? Yes. Can I? Okay, yep. I just want to make sure that that I, I can use that. I wasn't 100 sure, so uh, I just I just want to use the no the no green light because it's really. It's uh has has bitten some drivers at uh Eldora and until you remember back in the day we didn't have a green light we just kind of had to sit and wait and now they've got the light there and and everybody's kind of with with everything that's happened at Eldora Speedway over the years everybody's just kind of uh tuned in after the race to just they're like dialed into that light to see if that light comes on so uh, so that's what I'm going to go with as my as my moment. No green light. Kovac, you know, you sabotage that video. We see you right in the middle of it. That's a big-time moment <laughs> if Kovac's involved. That's a great pick, isn't it? Hey, I had to get across there. I had to get out of the way. I didn't want to get run over, so I ran across in front of the video camera. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that place turned just went completely nuts <laughs> when that was going on. Uh, Again, it's got Bloomquist involved, so uh, there's always gonna there's gonna be something uh, happen. There's gonna be uh, the intensity is is cranked up because of that. And uh, man, I, I, that's the one moment I'll never forget because I was right there in the mix, uh, you know, down there in the infield. I, I can remember, you know, Bloomquist just gunning that motor and heading back to the hauler and not coming out for a while. Finally did, and you know, and and, and no, we actually didn't. I mean, he never came out of the hauler, if I remember right now. I'm, I'm, I'm confusing it. I was for a second hours. there. That's right. I was confusing a few things there. He never came out. He they they dropped him off back at his motorhome, I think, uh, after the race. They when they drove him out. So, yeah, that was a that was a rough one. Robert, great pick. Kovac, you can wait for your moment for the final pick now because both those are off the board, so you can kind of uh, mm-hmm. sneak one off here and get another one. But I get to go first. I'm going miscellaneous. There's obviously a whole bunch of stuff at Eldora that you can pick here, but the number one thing for miscellaneous is the Globe Trophy. Um, it's the most iconic trophy in our sport. Every single driver, the one thing they want to win, they don't even really care about the paycheck as much. 
they want that globe trophy. So I'm going to go with the globe as my miscellaneous, uh, my topic for is miscellaneous, obviously. So I mean, you hold it, you see those guys hold up that thing. It's heavy. Looks good in your uh, race shop or uh, home in the office when you win it. So I'm going to go with the globe trophy, Robert. I think it's a decent, decent pick. I hope. Hope you don't think it stinks. Uh, I don't think it stinks. It's uh, it's, I mean, it's it's iconic. You know, uh, you know when you think about uh, hardware that you take home from any racetrack, uh, all drivers, uh, a lot of drivers, you know, give trophies away and and stuff. Uh, I don't think that's one that anybody's giving away. So so it's it's one of those iconic things, and you see it, and you know exactly what happened. So. Uh, so yeah, it's a good pick. Yeah, I like that as my miscellaneous. Um, Kovac, you're up next for your second round pick, and then we'll go back to you for your first round or first pick in the third round. So what do you got for your second round? What's going to look good on uh, your board? I'm just going to go. Uh, I'm going right back to driver here, and I'm picking uh, Scott Bloomquist, the driver with the most crown jewel wins overall. What that's eight dreams, I believe, right? Four worlds. Uh, and the most quotable of all those guys, the most moments of all. I mean, we can just do a bunch of moments just with Scott Bloomquist, but uh, he he's, he's dominates the the atmosphere at, at Eldora since 1988. Again, 1988, he came for the first time and won the World 100. How incredible was that? And I won it again two years later, and you know, and he's just been in the mix. I mean, he, he has so many second place finishes there. That's what makes it even more impressive. His, uh, his resume at Eldora and, uh, and he's gotten the most stories written about him probably over the years at Eldora, just because of everything he's always involved with. I mean, you know, you never know what could be next. I mean, you always think it's the end. This, there's no crazier thing that could happen with Scott Bloomquist, but it is, and he's supposed to be back in the field this week. You know, his back has been bothering him, but he hasn't hasn't raced since mid July. So, uh, I can imagine something will probably happen with Scott Bloomquist again this week. Ooh, Kovac, your board's starting to shape up a little bit. Uh, you got the World 06 World and Scott Bloomquist. That'd be a that'd be a deadly combo there. Yeah, it's <laughs> over. Rigsby saying it's, it's over. over. It's uh, over. All right. So we might as well just try to finish this draft since Kovac won, but. I can end strong here. So what do you got for your first uh, first pick in the third round? What do you have? You still got to do food, moments, and uh, miscellaneous. Who's that, me or Robert? You're up because you get like a snake draft. So you got the oh, okay, first right. The got me round. again. Okay. Uh, um, let's just go back to the moment. You know, I'm going to go to 2014 World 100 with uh, Scott Bloomquist being – called to the side. I think it was lap 19 or 20, I believe it was. They come on the radio, tell him to pull over to the official in turn four. And he's like, what the heck? I'm already in the lead. Why do I have to pull over here? What's going on? And then they tell him he has to go to the rear of the field because he had the Lexan, Lexan on the back of his, uh, his uh, window net. And, of course, he comes through the field and wins the race anyway. You know, you remember that there's a good quote there, right, Rob? I mean, uh, Derek, where he says, it was over, right? It was over. You know, I was going to lap the field. I think he, your you moment, know. your moment, your moment is him getting sent to the back then. Yep. And then, yeah. And obviously coming back to, to win. Yep. That's a pretty good pick. Go back, but you can't use this. People listen at home. The show is over. Quote is not part of the moment. It's just him going to the back. So yes, that's a, uh, that's a good one. I think we all have good moments. We've got window net. 
murky slider and no green light. So pretty solid on that. I think Kovac might be in the slight lead here. So Robert, I mean, is he looking pretty sporty here, or do you think you're going to make a comeback here? Uh, I'm not really sure what uh, Michael was just talking about, kind of going ahead and crowning Kevin after the first two rounds. <laughs> uh, but uh, the whole window net thing uh, definitely put him in the lead. That is uh, that's that is a great moment from uh, from Eldora. I mean, uh, so his first two picks were solid. I really feel like I, I like my pick, Billy Moyer, over Scott Bloomquist. Period. But the window net, I definitely think puts uh, puts him probably in the lead at this moment for sure. It puts him in the lead until now. This is not even close in this category for concessions. It's got its own shirt. I don't care if you love it or hate it. People talk about it all the time. The number one, clear number one in the concession stand category, like it or not, is the Eldora Pizza Burger. I don't care what you say. If you like it, it's the only thing people talk about. Like I said, it has its own T-shirt. They're world famous. So I'm going to go with the Pizza Burger. Kovac, I know you're not a big fan of it. You like other things, but... In terms of just high, po- they're like the Alabama for concession stand items. It's just steamrolling everybody. Yeah, well, that's everybody talks about. Pizza burger is that gets the most discussion of all the food in there, and uh, I mean it stands out like above everything else. Even if you don't like it, you still see it, you know, and you're like, hey, that's uh, you know, what what's the pizza burger? It's gonna catch your attention no matter what. Yeah, and Robert. I know you're a big Coke guy. They switched to Pepsi this year, so which is Rigsby's pumping his fist. I like Mountain Dew. I know you're shaking your head. I know. I don't know if I see him eat too many pizza burgers, but it's clearly the one that everybody likes to talk about. I think it's the number one concession item. I don't know. I might not agree, but I think it, it does have some high power to it. I knew that the pizza burger would probably get the most uh, the most attention here on on the food category, uh, even though. I have talked to, I have, I guess, talked to some people and actually, you know, seen like Facebook posts and stuff like, you know, what's the deal with the pizza burger? It sucks. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people who don't actually like the pizza burger, but at the same time, they're, I'm going to say there are a whole lot more people that, that do like it, I guess. And for sure, you're right. As far as getting the most hype, it is, it is arguably the most hyped food item in all of Eldora Speedway. Yeah, I did like that pick. I think that will, you know, improve my stock a little bit in this draft. Robert, you got back-to-back picks. You still need concession, miscellaneous, and race. So uh, kick it off here in the final pick in the third round. Okay, all right. So I'm going to go with um, uh, my category first. I just go with race. Uh, the, the race that I'm going with is the, uh, the 2010 World 100, uh, which is Billy Moyer's last, Billy Moyer's last World 100 win, and uh, you know he he rallied from. If you guys, if anybody remembers that race, it was foggy, it drizzled, it was all these conditions, and it just made the track really it made the track great come feature time. Uh, Moyer started 23rd, gets on that bottom, and man just set sails. And I think uh, Dale McDowell actually did it started 17th so he's a little bit in front of him so he's able to get there first and uh mcdowell takes the lead and uh leads laps like 42 through 65 or something like that and uh uh from from 17th 
but Moyer the whole time was kind of working his way, following, following up through there. And then, uh, and then Moyer takes the lead on lap 66 and leads the rest of the way for his sixth world 100 win. It was just, uh, Oh, and, and Scott Bloomquist finishes second. So it's, you look up and you see, you know, the, the two bests, first and second, it has to go down as to me, one of the best world 100s, uh, that I was ever at. So, so the, the 2010 World 100, uh, I'm going to mark that down as my race. Great, great pick. It's, I tweeted it out the other day. It's personally my favorite moment at Eldora is him winning his uh, sixth glove from that far back in the field. He was hooked up. Him getting on top of the car gives me chills still watching a video of it. Kovac, he passed the guy, though, on lap 66. I guess that could be your only argument. Still sentimental for many reasons at Eldora. So maybe people are going to look at it and say, ah, it was good, but still led the final, you know, 36 laps, 34 laps. Yeah, it wasn't, I guess, the the final drama of a last lap pass, but uh, winning the number six, that kind of pushes it up the up the scale, I guess, because it was such a historic win uh, and it hadn't been in a while. It was his first one in a while, too. So uh, a special one for Billy Moyer. All right, Robert, first pick in the fourth round, you got miscellaneous and what else you got race uh miscellaneous and food oh miscellaneous and food yep yep i'm going to go with since really the the top food category has been taken off the board and everything else is just really second fiddle i'm going to go with the miscellaneous and my miscellaneous for eldora speedway whether it be it could you know world 100 or dream either one I'm going to go with the wheel of misfortune mm-hmm. uh, because the, That's like kind of a the wheel, pick. I like it. The, the wheel of misfortune. Uh, it really, it dick, it has dictated fortunes for a lot of drivers. You know, it has dictated uh, how, how races eventually turn out there for many, many years. Uh, and it always uh, gets a lot of hype, you know. They they have it has its own moment during the program now, where at the end of uh, those prelims, you know, the driver with the either the most points or whatever comes out and spins that thing, and uh, and you know, and everybody's kind of hanging on it. You know, is it going to be a zero? Is it going to be six? Or you know, everybody hopes for the best for them. You know, the guys who are kind of in the back are hoping for a good invert, and the ones who are really fast are hoping for a no invert. Uh, I think that's one of the the key moments, maybe not the most exciting, but I think that's one of the the key uh, moments actually. But I'm going to go with put it in my miscellaneous file for for this round. It's literally probably the one item that dictates the whole weekend, like you said, Robert. So the wheel of misfortune is miscellaneous. I like that thinking outside the box a little bit. Kovac, that's a that's a pretty solid pick there. Yeah, it's uh, it's we see it sitting there, you know, a lot of a lot of the week, right? A lot of the weekend in the media room, uh, you know, getting ready to go out there, and uh, we even might even spin it a couple times just to check it out, you know, before it goes out onto the stage. So, yeah, and everybody always wants that's everybody's focus. There's one that's one thing that everyone's eyes are focused on at some point in the weekend because they're hoping for that zero. So many are hoping for that zero to come out. Uh, if they're fast and if they were in a little bit bad, they'd hope for the six, you know, it's uh, so the invert, they know that they would be up there in the front. So it's definitely a big thing at Eldora. 
It has, however, been too nice lately. I feel like the misfortune has been fortune for these drivers. I think we had a one or no invert. Yeah. And like a one the time before. So it's been pretty nice here. So let's see if he can get back on track and start, you know, winning the hearts of the fans and uh, get that invert, not the drivers. All right. Good pick there, Robert. I'm up. I still need driver in a race. So I'm going to go with driver to make it look better on my board. Um, since 2015, I'm trying to get the younger crowd vote too. So, got four globes, a dream, intercon- intercontinental, and an Eldora million. He still got like 10 to 12 years of uh, greatness, you know, should have it anyway. I'm going to go with JD, Jonathan Davenport as my driver for Eldora. I mean, especially since 2015, this guy's been dialed in. He's going to be clearly the favorite this weekend. It'll be interesting to see starting 20th in the makeup of the dream. If you can make some noise and get up front, which I think you will, you know, we're also going to be very dominant at the world 100. I think this year as well, this car's been fast all summer. I'm going to go with JD Robert. That's a more of a modern day pick. You guys went with the two hall of famers. I think maybe here in five or six years, he could be the clear cut top driver and Superman, Jonathan Davenport. That's who I'm going to go with driver. Uh, I, I think we clearly took three drivers. I don't think there's uh, any debate about it. You know, we took historically the, the, the two best off the board early. And then uh, and then what we have right now, who is probably going to eclipse those two eventually. But keep in mind for anyone judging this little contest that he has yet to eclipse those two. So uh, but anyway. But yeah, we've uh, we we've definitely taken the top three off the board for sure. Yeah, hopefully that younger crowd listening at home is like, oh, Swab, great pick, Davenport. I don't even know who this Blue Blister Boyer guy is anymore. You know, they they haven't raced hardly at all. Oh wait, they haven't retired. So yes, they have. All right, Kovac, your final pick for the fourth round. You got back to back here to close it out. Uh, I go back to back. So I'll just go food first, and I'll just go spicy cheese balls from over there at the concession Ooh, stand. I do like the hot balls. Yeah, I do like the hot dogs. I'm not going to lie. I think that the lot, I mean, there's nothing special about the hot dog that's boiled, I think. But I like the hot dogs at Eldora, but that's kind of like a mundane pick. So I'm going to go a little, little, you know, a little bit more, uh, you know, in, uh, excitement there. And I'll go with the spicy cheese balls. It seems like they're a very popular choice at Eldora. Oh, yeah, they got that little kick to them. Sometimes when you see people in the media center, your media center. Um, yeah. they get that little like face like, Ooh, that's spicy. Yeah. So those are really good. Yeah. They're kind of like something you don't see too often at a racetrack. Like you said, hot dogs are all over the country. Um, at every single racetrack, it seems like so a good pick there. Spicy cheese balls. Robert, are you a spice guy though? No, no not so much. Upset um, <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I, I can, I can eat that stuff. I don't like, you know, like blazing hot stuff, but, uh, but I'm not a huge spicy food eater. No. You got miscellaneous. There's a lot of choices out there. What do you think? I I think this is a maybe I maybe it's a little different one, but you know that national anthem when they uh, every uh, every year on on the for the big event they come out that national anthem and then those horses run around the around horses. the track, you know, with the flags. I'm I'm going to go with the Eldora horses. I'm not even sure whose horses they are. I guess that's somewhere around there, but. Uh, I don't. I think I, I would. I think it wouldn't be the same anymore if a horse. There's no horses running around during the national anthem. I, I know. I do. They do. They do write. They do paint them or whatever though. They have like 
like words on them. I'm not I'm not sure like the horse really wants to be painted, but they do have the flag and uh and it it just it, that's just like part of the atmosphere of Eldora. Uh, it gets everybody fired up when those horses come out there on the track. Yeah, you can't think uh, Eldora pre-race ceremonies without those horses during the national anthem. I think a lot of people will be like, you know what, that that's all I think about during those pre-race ceremonies. Seeing those horses going around three, four down the front stretch. Kovac, your draft is complete. We'll go over some uh, maybe miss uh, items we didn't pick here at the end. And my final pick, I got race. Uh, well, you have the you picked the 06 World, so that was a pretty good one. But I think this one is one of my favorite races. It might not get a much, uh, as much love as the other races. I'm going to go with the 2007 World 100. I think those final five laps could be arguably the best final five laps at an Eldora Crown Jewel when you had Jimmy Owens holding off Eddie Carrier Jr. You had Don O'Neill and Daryl Lanigan trying to win their first World 100, throwing sliders back and forth. Those two touch, little Eddie coming out of nowhere, and Owens was able to hold on for his second World 100. I just think that race was full of drama. It was old-school Eldora when everybody was on top. Owens was fading late. You had those four guys duking it out. So I'm going to go with the 2011 World 100. I thought that was uh, one of my favorite World 100s of the ones that haven't been picked. Obviously, 06 is probably a lot better, but I like that one personally. Robert, do you remember that one at all when uh, little Eddie almost shocked the world that year? Are you going with 2007 or 2011? 11. 11. Uh, which yes. Owens won both of those, but I was just, you know, just, just checking to see which one you were going with. And to be honest, I don't remember it. I don't know where I was in my life at that moment. I honestly don't remember. Uh, I don't, I was probably working at a newspaper in middle Tennessee at that moment and, and not really paying as much attention. So uh, I, I'm just going to, give you credit and say it was a good pick if you say it was a hell of a race it was a hell of a race but i don't remember it oh uh, well that's not good for me hopefully the fans at home remember it go back you remember that though they were they got a little sporty there at the end yeah i remember that one eddie carrier almost like took the you know stole that race uh that would have been a pretty big upset at that point you know because he hadn't been uh about like maybe five years he'd been out there on the national you know scene i guess uh, that would have been a, been a, I mean, there would have been, I know like how exciting uh, the victory lane was when Eddie Carrier won the North South 100. So it would have been pretty cool. To, I bet you there would have been pretty cool victory lane scene if you would have won the world then too. Uh, that was a good race. World 100 is off the board from 2011. Personally, it's one of my favorites. 2006 is pretty good, but 2011 is one of my personal favorites. I think it's probably helped that I was in college having a few push lattes throughout the throughout the weekend so that probably helped out as well all right robert final pick you need your food i don't i don't really think this is gonna like change my my stature in this contest but uh because i really don't think anything in the food category can can really uh stand up to the pizza burger but uh i'm gonna go with one of my favorites and i don't think i've been to eldor in the last five six years without getting cheese sticks uh, it's just a staple for me. I, I get them, and, and it's, it's not something that you see at a lot of racetracks. I mean, you see French fries. You see, you know, all these standards at racetracks. But uh, to get a, a nice little packet of cheese sticks and some marinara sauce there at the end and, and have that. And uh, I usually wind up getting – I usually wind up actually getting a cheeseburger, French fries, and cheese sticks. And by the time I'm finished eating, I usually wind up – 
I do. And I usually give you or Ben Shelton one of my cheese sticks there towards the end. So uh, that is a fact. So, so yes. But I'm going cheese sticks, uh, one of my all-time favorites. Kovac, you a cheese stick guy? I feel like maybe you're you, – that might upset your tummy a little bit too. No, I, I had just I, spicy cheese balls. They're sort of the you know the same kind of uh, uh, area there. It's a it's a fried cheese thing, and uh, uh, I, I do like cheese sticks, but I usually just go with the spicy cheese balls though. All right, well that completes the draft here. We'll, I'm going to go over the picks of each each person, and then we'll go uh, talk a little bit about the misses that we didn't pick. Um, Kovac, 2006 World, Scott Bloomquist, Window Net, spicy cheese balls. And the horses, I think you started off strong. Final two picks, eh, maybe, but those first three picks might get you the W. I got 2002 Berkey Slider, the Globe Trophy, Pizza Burger, JD, and the 2011 World 100. My race might not be very good. Robert, Billy Boyer, No Green Light, 2010 World 100, the Wheel of Misfortune, and Cheese Sticks. All in all, it was a fun draft. Um, a couple of a miscellaneous that we didn't pick. Uh, Earl's Hat, the Love Tunnel, um, the Ballroom, mm-hmm. the Eldora Statue, a couple different ones there. Kovac, any others come to mind that uh, was on your board that were still available? Uh, I don't know. I almost thought like miscellaneous. I, I for, for me personally, the Dairy Dream down the street. Uh, it's not there on the know, Eldora counts. grounds, but the Dairy Dream is always great. You know, I love going there, uh, stopping there on the way over and uh, – and also, I mean, a food, food type, I mean, they have that cheddar worst. And I discovered that last time I was cheddar there worst. back at, la- there we go. Yeah, right. Th- remember that? I mean, like I, I thought it was a they hot dog it. I was picking up and it was pretty good. I was just like basically kind of a cheesy hot dog sausage. I don't know what, whatever you exactly, I can call it, but I thought it was a hot dog and I ate it. I'm like, well, this is pretty good. Kind of opened my eyes to another item, I guess. So. Maybe that's uh, that's something. And, and yeah, hey, can we look at drivers and stuff too? I mean, there's some still guys there. You know, million dollar man Donnie Moran, uh, Jeff Purvis, Larry Moore. I mean, oh. there's some there's some big winners there that uh, still would uh, you could uh, you still take uh, if you wanted to. Robert, how come you didn't pick the Kevin Kovac Memorial uh, Media Center? That could have been a nice yeah. miscellaneous. It, it it is a a good upgrade for the racetrack, uh, which is very appreciative. But uh, it just uh, uh, wasn't high on my list. Uh, what about the, from miscellaneous, what about the, uh, uh, what's the drink that everybody drinks there all the time? From, uh, toilet water. Toilet water. Toilet, yeah, the toilet water, one. yeah. I, toilet I, water? I think, Uh-oh, I, I think said toilet, no water. toilet water. What? Oh, we, we heard, we heard. I, I think toilet one, water could, you know? could have been up there. Uh, I, and, you know, I haven't had one either because I'm always diligently working. So, uh, so I haven't had a toilet water either, but, uh, but I do think that that's uh, a miscellaneous that maybe we, we left out on that maybe could have put somebody over the top here. I don't know. For sure. Uh, for concessions, I had steak on a stick. That's always a good one. The wings are decent. Other than that, I think we you know, picked the top tier concession item. Moment, the only moment I had left over was uh, Fab Light Scales, Kovac. That was a pretty big moment, I'd say. Yeah. Oh yeah, Bab. You know, losing that race. Another moment possible would be a uh, the Bill Fry Scott Bloomquist incident. That was pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty controversial and heated, I guess. Uh, back in what was that, 1997, I believe. Speaking that, speaking of that, I would have used miscellaneous Bear Rigsby's jean jacket that night. That could have been a great. That's right. Yeah. Item. 
Yeah, iconic, see right? Him running down. We, we pointed him out a few times on video cast and stuff. And then, like, other races, I had the, you know, 2002 World, but I picked the Berkey Slider. That race was okay. Um, the 2000 World 100, Moyer holding off Bloomquist again. But I really couldn't think of any dream races that, were, you know, came to mind as, like, awesome slugfest duke it out. I know, like, the 2019 with Sheppy and McDowell had a great finish, but I really couldn't think of a top-tier dream race. Did any come to mind to you, Robert, when you are filling out your uh, draft board? No, I think that uh, the race, like you just mentioned, the 19 with, with you know, McDowell, you know, sideways as he crossed, not versus the line, but, you know, gets sideways afterwards. Uh, he's really – he comes from nowhere in those last five laps. He is not in the picture. Uh, and then all of a sudden he is he is there, and you think he has a legit chance to win this thing. So I, I definitely think that the 2019 dream is, comes immediately to mind for me. Um, you know, of course, um, Jimmy Mars kind of winning. Uh, you know, I don't know how great that race was, but Jimmy Mars winning the dream uh, was a really cool moment. Maybe not race, but cool moment there. Uh, just to have, you know, and there have been a few underdogs, you know, John Blankenship winning there. Uh, just guys like that maybe are cool moments. But uh, as far as races, no, nothing just jumped out at me. Well, this has been fun, guys. I hope the viewers listening enjoyed it. I think, obviously, I had the best picks, but Kovac and Robert both have great ones as well. So we'll have to have people tweet at us and think which draft was the better for Eldora Speedway. Well, guys, as always, we finish finish the show with one more thing i'm gonna go first i'm gonna say get to flow racing click on the link on dirt on dirt and go check out the million dollar curse it's like 30 minutes long beautiful editing so much fun going to dresden ohio me and tim truex did back in uh the first day of june maybe the last day in may i can't remember we interviewed all the morans we were there for 16 hours video came out this week it is beautifully done Shout out to all the editors at Flow Racing. I mean, if you guys haven't checked it out, you need to because this video is awesome. So if you're listening to this, click on the link, check it out. It's awesome. Watch it, you know, 20 or 30 minutes before the feature starts on Saturday night if you have to. So it was very uh, well done and uh, going to be very enjoyable for people watching it at home. Kovac, did you check it out yet? Probably oh, not. Yeah. Busy. No, t- Tim Truex actually sent it over to me, the link, before it was even out. He said, check this out. Oh, you got uh, the so pre- I, uh, pre-look at it. Yeah, I got the, I got the preview of it, so it was, it was very right, good. Uh, Kovac, Kovac, what's your one more thing? One more thing. Uh, this uh, guy, that was one. this driver was very had a very good Labor Day weekend. Tony Jackson Jr. Uh, won twice on the MLRA Tour and had another one possible. With, you know, he would chassis? have been in, Yeah, he was in the Capital Chassis now, and he seems like he's really liking that car. And uh, he's on a hot streak. And he's going to be at Eldora, but he's not going to be racing. He's going to be turning wrenches for Daryl Lanigan, his buddy. He's putting his buddy Daryl Lanigan in that capital car. It'll be Daryl's first ride in the, in the capital. Uh, and uh, Daryl's only run once. He ran the North-South 100 week at, at Florence. The only time he's raced since the Eldora uh, Million and the Dream back in June. So he's uh, got to get back into it. He said he would. he's backing off racing, but he still would definitely like to go to Eldora if he can get rides. And he's getting one uh, with the, apparently looks like it could be a really good car the way it's running right now with Tony Jackson Jr. behind the wheel. We'll see how it does with uh, with Daryl Lanigan driving uh, this week. Wouldn't be shocked if Daryl Lanigan wins another prelim. I feel like he has the most prelim wins since we started this new format. And 
2013. Robert, finish strong. Hit the grand slam here. What do you got for your one more thing? Uh, my one more thing is kind of a pet peeve, which shocking, uh, right? I know. Something that I run across every year when I'm when I'm doing uh, the whether it be the the notes or whatever for the Hillbilly 100 or I run across this all the time. The Hillbilly 100, they're calling it the 54th or 54th annual Hillbilly 100. I'm trying to figure out in my math and my math might be bad, but I did graduate from a couple schools. My the 56th this should be the 56th annual Hillbilly 100, not the 54th. And if somebody knows more than me, please correct me. My I'm never shy to give out my email address, uh, Robert at dirtondirt.com. There have been 50 winners. I've gone back and counted them multiple times. There have been four rainouts, and there have been one race canceled by COVID. So that's 55 events already in the books right there. So how in the bejesus could this be the 54th Hillbilly 100? Even if you don't count the rainouts or the COVID deal, then it would still be the 51st Hillbilly 100. So I've always wondered, the race started in like 1967 or something. So I've always wondered where the mathematics came from to calculate. And, and it's not just the Hillbilly 100. A lot of races are like this when they get rainouts and stuff. They don't know whether or not to count that night or or to count it that year when they go towards saying it's the fifty, it's the tenth annual, or whatever. But with the Hillby one hundred, there's no correct math at all because they're calling it the fifty fourth when technically it's the fifty first, and it's not even the fifty annual because technically it's the fifty sixth annual. So I just wish somebody over there with that program would go back and count the winners, go back and count the rainouts. Go back and see the COVID deal that they've run. They've attempted 55 events so far. And when they attempt the September 29th, I think is when it got rescheduled this year, that should be the 56th annual Hillbilly 100. Classic race, great race, man. You know, that's been that's one of the longest running races ever. So not knocking the event because I love it. But I am knocking the mathematics that tells us how many years they have run that race. So that's my one more thing. I just had to get that off my chest, and I thought this was a great place to do it. The Hillbilly 100 will be made up here in a couple weeks. But first, guys, World 100 and Dream Week. We're going to finish the Dream on Wednesday night, the final 86 laps. Then we got the the features where guys have never won at Eldora. They have a chance to be on Victory Lane stage as well. They're going to have two to three of those. There'll be uh, more race action on Wednesday. Get uh, the bang for your buck that night. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the World 100. I cannot wait for that. All live on Flow Racing. We'll have plenty of content on the video side, plenty of content on the written side. So be sure to check it out. It's World 100 Week. Until next time, this is the Dirt Reporters. Thank you for listening.